Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 28th of April, a Wednesday, and we are recording the COB podcast, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance post-close, which saw a pretty solid performance coming through from the ASX. Scuddy is here with me. Scuddy, not often you see such a dramatic reaction on equity markets to economic data. Hmm, dramatic's probably a little bit of a stretch, I reckon, but it was, uh, it was interesting to see how the market lapped up the news that uh, inflationary pressures are nowhere to be seen for the moment, uh, both of the headline and underlying figure, and that's what really sparked that little bounce in the uh, ASX uh, during that period, up about 0.6% of the highs, drifted off a little bit towards the close, but came within a whisker of the highest closing level uh, since the pandemic began. So uh, we're still holding right near those uh, those highs we saw a couple of weeks back. Uh, another day, yet another day. I know uh, Deep Data Analytics has been following this of not double digit billion dollars worth of uh, shares trading hands worth, you know, today, uh, thanks to ComSec, got the stat just in front of me now, worth about 6.9 billion. So we're not seeing an incredible amount of volume going through the markets these days. Uh, but to your point, yes, dramatic might have been over-egging it a bit, but it was a positive finish and we did see a break in that two-day losing streak. And uh, considering we're waiting for the FOMC, for the dulcet tones of Jerome Powell to calm markets, cautiously optimistic is what uh, everyone's thinking he will be because, of course, he doesn't want to sound too enthusiastic about the economic recovery or you'll start to see those bond yields push higher and markets getting all excited about a potential taper announcement yes uh it's not going to happen overnight but it will happen uh there we go well it will but it, uh, it, it will happen and it will happen at the most inopportune time and the market will not be expecting it and it will not be sparked by an actual announcement about, hey guys, we're going to start tapering our asset purchases. It'll be a phrase or a wording or it'll be a speech. A well-planned phrase or wording is my point. There's no mistakes at the Fed in their communication. There will be, I've, I truly I truly think this, I mean, obviously everybody can make a mistake at some point, but there will be, uh, there will be a softening of the ground for the talk of taper. 
Yes, but even the best uh, do make a little slip-ups. And uh, look, Oh, in, evidenced if, in yourself, Scotty. Well, I'm, I'm hardly the best. <laughs> I, I stand beside the best most, uh, most of the day. But uh, look, even, even you make an occasional mistake and you can just go like a bit of a slip to think, hey, this is what I'm really thinking. And all of a sudden, you let the, the cat out of the bag. He has been so consistent in his messaging. So have all the other central bankers. Look, it, it's good. I, I think it's a good conversation. I just feel that this time around, I think they've learned from past mistakes. Yeah, and look, and they they want to see actual economic outcomes, not model uh, outcomes like the RBA as well has gone down that path. But it cannot go and continue to push back against that resilience, that strength that we're seeing come through in the U.S. economy. Just look at the conference board consumer confidence figures that were out overnight, absolutely storming high. And that labor market differential, which is such a key thing when it comes to, I know, uh, trying to go and predict the forward movements of that unemployment rate, so strong. It's pointing to a dramatic decline in unemployment in the months ahead. That's going to really test that mantra that, oh, we're going to go and keep the foot uh, to the floor for as long as it takes. We've had low unemployment before and it hasn't really sparked long-term inflationary pressures uh so we'll see we'll see but we didn't have the the same the balance sheet positioning right now households and businesses combined they are cashed up so there's going to be a time that we're going to go and see that pick up in wages and potential no second rate effects in inflation it is here and now Okay. Well, that's what we want. We want to see evidence of an improving economy. We'll see if we can uh, get it managed by policymakers well. And uh, yeah, we're still in the thick of earnings season. So $50 billion buyback was sweet overnight. Yeah, from from Google, from Alphabet. Uh, Evan Lucas, we have the interview up on the website. He's saying, look, that's perhaps also saying that it doesn't know where else to spend the money. But uh, buybacks are back in a big way. We hear from Apple and Facebook tonight. That will dictate some of the conversation around the FOMC and everything to come from that tomorrow morning. So look, it's a live session here in the Asian region tomorrow as uh, Marcus will be digesting all of that news coming from stateside. Uh, what else are we talking about? I mean, inflation. We sort of brushed over that one. Um, you know, what are we thinking? Just disappointment on this front in terms of the RBA considering all the stimulus. I mean, yes, it was impacted by the, the withdrawal of some fiscal stimulus in the quarter, but you can't put it down to all down to that yeah look first and foremost i'm not disappointed because inflation is basically uh a removal of your your purchasing power it's a declining mm-hmm. purchasing power yep. so in that sense uh, i'm i'm not not too unhappy but when it comes to trying to go and stoke that inflation just that modern inflation that we need a little bit disappointing but like we're seeing in so many of the other recent uh, reports that have come out from the ABS on the inflation front, it's just got its fingerprints of government all over it. You know, so many things have been impacted, whether it's the uh, home builder scheme, whether it's the, uh, the job seeker scheme, all those things uh, that have been put out by the government have all influenced education costs, uh, housing instruction costs. No one who's been constructing a house right now will go and say, oh yeah, the prices have gone lower. Trust me, as someone who's been looking at it, it's going up a lot. Uh, so that's going to come back at some point in time but for the time being it's very soft but uh, as I've made the point before you've got households and businesses have got balance sheets that are very very strong relative to what we're seeing in the past and we're going to likely see a prolonged period of economic strength Uh, that's going to go and add to those pressures when it comes to uh, capacity constraints and the like and whether that supplies there to go and respond to it fairly quickly is debatable so I reckon it's too early to go and dismiss the prospect that we might see a bit of a hotter inflation streak 
uh, coming down mm-hmm. the pipe. I guess it all comes down to, well, part of the conversation is the propensity of those that are cashed up to spend. And uh, yeah, that's a conversation for another day because speaking of spending, let's talk the retailers. I kept forgetting to mention this all on air, but I know that a lot of our listeners will be aware that Kogan had to respond to a pretty detailed inquiry coming from the market regulator, the ASX, today basically saying, we get that you put out that trading update in percentage terms. We want the real dollar numbers. Well, Kogan, after being sold down since that report, was actually the best performer today up by 7.6%. So Kogan on the watch list today, also up a pretty decent uh, 7%, was down our EDI. So talking about buybacks. Buybacks. <laughs> buybacks are back as well. So it's going to be buying back 10% of shares on issue. And that's that at its Investor Day presentation. Uh, on the flip side of things, we've got uh, yeah some of those gold miners coming under pressure. Romelius, St. Barbara. Um, why? I, I wonder why, considering we're talking... Well, I mean, I guess not here, inflationary pressures, but, you know, around the world. Yeah. Uh, the gold price is a little bit baffling. Like we had a very strong run. There has to be, you know, everyone has to know that from last night, uh, last year, I should say. But, uh, yeah, real yields have gone backwards over the past month or so. The US dollars are a tad stronger, but no, not meaningfully so. And uh, the gold price, in an environment like this, it should be really powering ahead and, uh, and quite strong, but uh, it looks exactly opposite. So a few warning signs there, because if we do start to see that pick up in inflation and real yields rise, uh, gold prices tend to go and move inversely to where real yields go. So if they go higher, gold price going lower. So it's not a healthy sign, uh, particularly, you know, there is that uh, you know, mindset as well that uh, maybe some people used to dabble in bullion have moved across to the crypto space, including Dogecoin. Doge or Jogicoin, whatever you want to call it, Elon Musk has tweeted out this just a just a little while ago, saying uh, the Doge father. Check out Northman Traders' uh, <laughs> Twitter feed in response to that tweet. I think it uh, sums up things nicely. Yeah, of course, referencing he's going to be on SNL, but I'm done advertising his appearance on SNL. I don't think I'm going to mention it again. Although, gosh, um, I think I have to watch. I don't know. How about you? Will you watch? Absolutely not. Just in protest? Uh, (laughs) I think Elon Musk is one of the most brilliant minds uh, in this world, but I just don't like him as a character and the way he does things. Uh, I don't like the way he manipulates things, including share prices. Well, let's see if the uh, SNL writing team can find the funny side in Elon and get him to carry it off. Anyways, I just can't see it happening. But anyways, uh, so Kogan, I mentioned one of the best performers in the retail space. I guess we should mention, I mean, you're across all the news, people out there as well as we are. Uh, Trading update out, no guidance provided, still booming. And uh, the CEO moving over, going to Premier to take the place of Mark McInnes. The share price uh, of Premier rising, the share price of JB Hi-Fi falling. And uh, we've got the good guys, former good guys uh, CEO stepping into uh, JB Hi-Fi's position that Richard Murray is vacating. A little switcheroo is going on here. Yeah. And look, probably not a bad person to go. Anyone who's been to the good guys can probably attest to it. It's a pretty well-run business, from the, at least from the, uh, the consumer's perspective on the, uh, the, the sales room floor. But uh, really interesting. So what, we're going to go buy a couple of pairs of jeans and get a flat screen TV, something like that? Is that oh, on the cards? No. Boom tish. <laughs> uh, listen, if you would like to get some thoughts on the retailers, uh, they've been whacked. Is it time to buy? James Garish, portfolio manager at Sean Partners, has weighed in on that question. It's available via the show notes. I almost forgot about stock of the day. 
Inero Group, E-G-G is the ticker code. Andrew Page from strawman.com. Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. They sat down with Kashi. Here's what they had to say. Um, in recent times, they did spin off a company called Frank, and then that took the market a little bit by surprise. I think yeah. there was a bit of a management buyout there, but it did give them some cash. And obviously, they're putting some of that cash to, to, to good use, hopefully, um, with this recent acquisition. Um, it's, again, it's not a business that I'm familiar with. I, I need to do a lot more research before I can add anything more of value. But looking at that performance chart, um, you could be in worse places. Everyone acknowledges that marketing is important, but as the old saying goes, you do, every marketing, half of every marketing budget is wasted. You just don't know which, yeah. which half. Um, and so it, the continued success of this business um, depends on, as Michael said, some very um, savvy acquisitions in terms of how they manage their capital, because that's what they do. They tend to grow by acquisitions and having a yep. nice stable of companies, but also within each of those businesses, delivering some good organic growth. And when you, as an analyst, look in your crystal ball and try and say, well, where, what do earnings look like in, yep. in the future in a hyper-competitive market, in a market yep. that's very susceptible to the cyclicality of, the ec- of economic conditions, it just puts it in a harder category. Sure. Um, so, so for that, it's, it's, it's a, just a pass for me at this point in time. Having said credit where it's due, it's done very well. So Andrew Page just um, opposed to investing in companies in that space, but Michael Wayne going to do his homework. Uh, that was the response to Enero the last time uh, it was mentioned on the call. I believe I was with June Bay and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. June Bay, of course, from Tripec Investment Partners. And both of them at the beginning were a little bit cool on it. But by the time the program was over, I'm pretty sure they'd both talked themselves around to going and doing more research on it. Have they been on the program yet? No, but I, I put let's a call. I put a call in today. Yeah, let's let's get them on. Haven't heard back. Egg. A narrow group. If you're listening, I love it. I love the, the ticket code. It's all egg. Egg. Eggy. Egg up uh, by more than three percent today. So, uh, it uh, it's looking pretty good. It did a acquired a sales and marketing agency, McDonald Butler Associates, in the UK. Well, Scuddy, look, time is ticking. Uh, we've got a great day lined up tomorrow. We'll have an FOMC panel discussion with Alistair McLeod from Wheelhouse Partners and Joe Kalish from Ned Davis Research. We will be bringing you clips from that media conference being held by the Fed chair in case you do not get up at 4 a.m. normally. We will be featuring Ben Clark from TMS Capital and Carl Capulinga from Think Markets. Quite a combo there on the 12 p.m. program, so looking forward to that. And also Rod Sims, chair of the ACCC, he'll be detailing what the competition watchdog's latest thinking is in terms of apps, Google and Apple in particular. Look, the list is long, Scotty, as per usual. Yeah, looking forward as well. Uh, my old mate, uh, Greg McKenna, is going to be coming on the program oh, cool. uh, to go and talk all things macro. One of the smartest guys I've ever come across and also one of the most genuine. So looking forward to having him on the big picture. Greg, I hope you're listening. Hey, thanks to all of you for listening. And uh, we look forward to seeing you... Uh, tomorrow. You too, Scotty. I'm I'm looking forward to (laughs) seeing you as well. Yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. See ya.